Vegas Bad Boys Podcast presents Matt Michaels, People I Don't Hate. Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here, and today I am joined by one of Arizona's most dominant wrestlers, one hell of uh, a guy who, uh, you could call him R3, or you could call him Charles Cassis. How you doing, Charles? I'm doing well. How are you? Man, you know, we're kind of talking here, the heat this time of year. Whew. Yeah. Right. It's getting it's getting wild. <laughs> but yeah, it's getting crazy. But at the same time, the cool thing about that is being a wrestler, you know, one of the things I think that people kind of forget because you got a lot of people on the east coast who deal with humidity, which is you know, fine, Midwest, East Coast. But when right. you're in Vegas or Arizona and you're dealing with the desert heat. It's actually kind of good in terms of the training-wise of your body for an in-ring comp- competitor because right. you're, you're kind of used. Your body gets used to this constant, you know, this heat, this feeling of potentially being exhausted. And, I right. think, you know, you, you bounce back a little better. How has it been for you, especially with having the pandemic kind of dominate the last year? being able to train and and keep yourself ready for the ring and not overdo it because of something like the, uh, you know, 120 degree temperatures in June and July. Right. <laughs> uh, well, actually, right, right before the uh, pandemic hit and everything shut down, uh, we were hitting like, I was seeing like this milestone at the gym and of course the every, you know, everything went to crap and the gym shut down. And luckily at the time I was working at a hotel and since we uh, shut down the gyms there too, I was able to take the bench and a few dumbbells with me. So I was able to like build this little thing at home just to try and get workouts. And at that point I was like, man, I I need to get this going. And I didn't want to lose like that consistency of working out. So I'm like, I need to do something. So I bought some bands, got the dumbbells, the bench and just worked out. And then after that, I started going hiking every, like every other day. Because uh, at that point we were furloughed from work, so I had a bunch of free time. <laughs> so it just became uh, a thing of trying to find a bunch of workouts to do at home, and then I would go hike uh, seven, eight, nine, ten miles like every other day, and just try to take advantage of the weather before it got super crazy. Sure, right? You know, and then then it hits the craziest period, and th- what a better <laughs> what a better time to be in a pandemic and be able to go. Yeah, I can't go anywhere. Oh well, it's 120 right. degrees. I, you know, sorry. Um, you know, with that, um, and talking about, you know, uh, maintaining your your regiment so that you can still work out in the ring. You know, once you were able to get back into it, let's go back a little bit. Who actually trained you? And um, if I'm not mistaken, Evan Daniels was uh, in that class as well. Is that correct? Yeah, there was a, a few of us. It was me, Evan, uh, Hammerstone, Graves, Alex Salyers, uh, Jay Garland was a part of that class. There's uh, quite a few of us. It yeah. was uh, in Scottsdale. It was the like first version of championship wrestling from Arizona. Like at that point, 
it was more of like an indie show than like a TV taping style. Sure. And it was in Scottsdale and they opened up a school called the new power plant. So, and that was, that was, uh, being ran by Lawrence Tyler. Okay. So that's where I started. And then we had, at the time we had, a um, Snooka, Sim Snooka there, uh, who was doing the show. So he would pop in once in a while. We had Hawaiian lion, right. uh, Navajo warrior had a big hand in molding me. So we had, a uh, some good people come around. Uh, but Lawrence was like the constant trainer at the beginning stages of, of all that. Uh, you know, that's interesting. You brought up Navajo. I see, um, just so much of a comparison between the two of you guys, um, which is actually high praise because you know, you know, damn straight that Navajo is probably one of the most beloved guys that any of oh, us yeah. have dealt with. I mean, we can't say enough about him. I love that man. <laughs> no, not at all. You cannot say enough good things. That guy has done uh, so much for me and continues to do so. That guy is a wonderful human being. And he will equally destroy you in the ring if you ever get on his bad side. <laughs> well, that's what I was just going to ask you. You know, um, working with him in the ring, does it give you kind of a sense of comfort because of the fact that, I mean, if if he needs to, he can shoot on you, uh, absolutely. But for the most part, that old term, like working with a broom, that's like what he does nav can literally make a broom look good how has it been oh, yeah. for you getting a chance to you know encounter him in in you know various stages of uh of your career and when you walk back through the curtain do you get notes right away from him or is it more of like a congratulatory because i know that you know sometimes when your mind's just constantly on wrestling and on the business, right? You want to you get backstage. The first thing you want to do is just kind of turn and go, "How was that, man? Did we do good?" <laughs> like, what is that experience with you and him? Uh, now, I mean, the first thing that happens yeah, we uh, if we're working each other, we'll, we'll he'll be out there waiting for me, and it's the first thing. Like, this is the first thing we get is what we need to improve on and work on. So yeah. that's always like the number one. And if I'm not, if we're on the same show and I'm not wrestling him, my first question when I go to him is, uh, what do I need to work on? I don't ask, did it look cool? Was it good or anything? I mean, if he, if he thinks so, he'll let me know. But my first question to him is always, what do I got to work on? Or, you know, what's my feedback for, for my improvements? The, uh, the first time I worked him was at that, uh, that first version of the championship wrestling from Arizona. And I was intimidated because I already knew who he was. And it was a triple threat between me, uh, Manimal, and him and uh the, the the first part was a promoter came and told me he's like hey this is going over and it was me and i was already scared to tell him like how am i gonna go tell navajo warrior that I'm, like, i have to pin him so like eventually i just waited until he asked he's like who's going over and like uh the promoter sent me and it was just felt so weird you know but uh it was fun it was a uh, um a good welcoming in a sense like it was uh easy to work with him like he guides you how he needs to and he knows when to lay it in. He gave me that hip attack, and boy, that hip attack was was <laughs> deadly. He kept me safe, but I knew it was one of those like, "Hey, you're gonna earn this victory today." <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, but it was okay. Every and every time working him, it's always always a blast. I don't I know I don't have to worry about anything because I have full trust in him. I know he trusts me. We can go in there and just do our thing. So it's it's always a blast. It's always fun, and I know it's always gonna be intense because we can both bring it. And uh, I love that in wrestling. Like I love 
feeling like I was in a fight. Obviously, I don't want like a broken jaw or anything, <laughs> but I like the feeling of the physicality of it. And I know he brings that like 100%. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, you, I'm glad you brought up the word intensity because one of the things I think you found with the R3 character is exactly that just this immense amount of intensity that you bring now to the character and to the ring for you. Um, how's it been in terms of being able to keep that same intensity and work a little bit snug, but not on your end be, you know, too much of a shoot work where, you know, you could potentially, uh, you know, break someone's jaw yourself because, that intensity that you bring out there is incredible. Have you been able to find that management between, you know, working snug and, uh, you know, oh shit, I'm about to get a receipt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely uh, moments, but I mean, that's where the, like all the, the good training has come, whether it's been from like Nav or any other hard hitters that I've come across, like the gallows, uh, Nav warrior, Lawrence Tyler himself. So it's just, getting seeing how they how intense they are and how they work and being in the ring with them and then just getting that feedback and uh and i always like watch my stuff even older stuff and i look at myself i'm like i need to to be intense and it's just that training of of you know this is what training is for it's easy for someone to go in the ring and literally just throw hands at someone and and beat the crap out of them and obviously an untrained person you'll know by them going in there and throwing these weak phantom punches pretty much so it's finding that proper balance to to get those strikes in and also have them fit who you are as a character right it's just that that constant like just improvement continuous work on it getting the feedback from it and uh and yeah i know one of my uh come to jesus moments when i was training was the intense part and i think that's why i'm always so intense in the ring because i have that little reminder before i go to the ring of getting completely chewed out by my trainer and uh and it woke me up it lit a fire under my ass you know what i mean so like i always focus on that intensity and just as cliche as it sounds just going through the curtain you just the like everything changes you become like i become r3 and it's just it's game on like i I can have a good time i can you know do whatever but as far as the physicality goes like it's going to be physical it's going to be intense just because that's that's how i want it you know, that's a very um, interesting thing that you just said that I've never really asked anyone about in these terms. Now, you said lighting a fire under your ass with, you know, knowing about how intense you have to be. Like, they they saw this and they brought that to you and chewed you out and got you ready to get to that next level. Let me ask you, as a student in school... Did you, or or if you played any sports, was that some way that got to you, that the teachers could get to you, that the coaches could get to you, by doing something that would light a fire for you as compared to, you know, just giving you the straight old, you know, I, I know a lot of times you sit in, in classes as a young guy and you're just like, you know, fuck this shit, I'm not going to use any of this <laughs> But, you know, when you're trying to do something you love, you know, you could still have that, like, because you're so used to it as a student of just kind of like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. Stop this shit, blah, blah, blah. And then to have that come to Jesus moment, like you said, were you like that in school where, you know, if people looked at you and reached out to you 
and took that passion and tried to give it to you, was that how you reacted and got better? Uh, as as I got older, like in general, that became the thing. And I think it was just an overall growing of confidence and passion in a sense in me because I school I was like I know people will won't believe this because of my size and because just how they see me now but I was like bullied in school a lot sure and uh yeah I, I took I took a lot of it and it was just one of those like put your head down and you know, I don't want the conflict on and on and as I got older you know life happens and a bunch of shit happens so like the my demeanor and the attitude changes and it became more of like like I don't want, I'm tired of taking crap. So I became, yeah. I became more aggressive just in general and more of a, I'm going to prove you wrong kind of person, just because the, I always tell people the environment that I was brought, brought up in, uh, my destination because of the environment is not where I'm at right now. I was, I right. was, if you, if I put a picture of my childhood up for you, uh, my destination should be something else, whether it be dead or prison or drug dealer or whatever. And as I got older, I'm like, my mind was, I don't want to be in this or I want to do what I can to get away from it. So uh, even being shy or being bullied or, or all that stuff, like I still took the steps to try and get away from it. So then when it came to wrestling, because it was something I was so passionate about uh, and that moment, I did feel like that embarrassment, that shame, because it was, it was a drill we did and I was one of the last ones to do it. And I think it was a combination of nobody's doing it right so we're fed up and you're the biggest dude here so we're gonna take it out on you because sure. if anybody should be doing this like this it should be you and yeah they just stopped it right in the middle of it and it was in front of everybody so that, that my brain pretty much went from like fuck i fucked up uh embarrassment this isn't for me and but the way they said it, it was like they chewed my ass up but it wasn't in a way of like i want to make you quit it was just more of like right. you have this you have the size make this shit happen and if you can't that this isn't for you and you know you can either leave leave the door you know get out the door right now and leave uh wrestling or get your shit together and fucking grab this guy by the throat and, and get intense and that moment it's like you know we I either leave or i make shit happen and at that moment i grabbed uh he only he only wrestled for a little bit he was also in training his name was super rich he was the first like wrestling feud i had and I grabbed this dude by the throat, threw him against the turnbuckle. Everybody that was sitting on the apron, the rest of the guys just threw themselves down. Because, And I've never yelled and screamed so much in my entire <laughs> life during a, a drill, pretty much. And all I got after that was, at, once we finished, uh, Lion walked up to me. And in the calmest voice, just says, good job. And I walked away. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Dude. But it worked. And especially yeah. now, like years now, when I when I go to, like, to one of the schools here and I like, help out or just to go scope out to see how the training is going and stuff one of the things i when they ask for my opinion one of the things i tell them is that intensity like the the facial expressions and the noises and everything that comes with it and that always sticks out to me because that was one of the big moments for me when i was coming up sure sure and you know what's what's fa fascinating to me i think back um when i was training i was uh in the ring with nathan jones and Nathan's legit, you know, 6'9", 6'10". And I was doing a comeback spot, and I was throwing the punches. And the, the the boys were getting into it. So I think when you look at intensity, right, you start feeling it from the boys. When they start seeing this intensity, now they're becoming yeah. fans all of a sudden. And my dumb ass, who was getting so wrapped up in it, I throw a right punch. I didn't look where I'm throwing the punch, and I just threw it. And my 
shoulder went that way. <laughs> and my, oh, yeah. So I totally popped out my shoulder. And the guys went nuts. They're like, fuck, great sell, great sell. I'm like, not selling, <laughs> not selling. <laughs> Pop it back in, this hurts. Oh, my God. But that's the funniest thing about, you know, when the guys get wrapped up into it, when they see, whoa, shit, yeah. it's like, A, you're either motivating them and they get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, when right. when you see someone get it, then a lot of times you get it. And I think that's when, you know, you look at the guys you've named, like, you know, Callow and Hammerstone. Um, good God, you talk about guys who get it. That's right. And it's just like there's something I think there's something to be said by that type of, you know, experience and training where it still is a little bit of the old school mentality because you got guys like Nav and like Dom and Gallo. It's, it's such a great, um, just a great group of eyes and wisdom to, you know, instill into you guys. And now you guys are literally handing it down to, you know, this next generation of guys, does that inspire you to some extent? Um, Because I know you've said that if it's not actually in the ring, let's say 20 years from now or 15 years from now, that you still want to be a part of the business in some way, would that inspire you to kind of potentially be either a trainer or a booker or even, you know, help out in a promotion like that? Is that something with your fire for the business that you see yourself uh, developing that kind of mentorship? Oh, yeah. One, 100%. Like, even now, I like showing up to, like, classes and, and helping out when I can. Like, even having that experience, uh, like, it, it's grown on me. Like, it, it wasn't something I had thought about before. Like, oh, you know, once once my the wrestling, the entering is over, I want to do this. It just became a thing to where, like, when the the AWF Academy first started, and Lawrence Tyler, my trainer, started training there, I would come and see him, and then keep training with him, and then kind of like help out with the new new kids. So it became fun for me, and just seeing like the new batch of people, like the the classics and like Watsons when they came through, seeing them like develop and grow and enjoy and going through those experiences, and even the hardships. Like I'm like, man, I remember when I got yelled at like that. Like seeing all this stuff for me it was cool, and then just seeing them succeed and push themselves like it was just great to see um so yeah and i've thought about it. I'm like it, when the time comes and once uh the preparation's all there i would definitely i want to be involved in wrestling no matter what you know yeah. whether it's like the editing aspect and or making posters and uh, i have booked a couple of shows uh here in arizona so like and that was enjo- it's stressful as fuck but <laughs> it, it was enjoyable and it was for those students because it was a part of the, the academy so just being a part of that like the storytelling in that aspect and and that, you know training people and just mentoring people like that that is definitely something that uh, I plan on doing once uh, once I stop in the ring and even before then you know whenever just whenever everything just falls in place like I'm ready for it. Let me ask you too with um, you know being part of uh, championship wrestling um, from Arizona from Hollywood now like looks like dave has memphis dave has gonna have texas he has atlanta you just know. got atlanta yeah. Dude, yeah it's it's fucking amazing i love it oh, yeah. um how excited are you to you know get that chance and opportunity to show some other markets that might not 
you know, be aware of what you've been able to accomplish, um, you know, with this opportunity that's going to come along with this just wonderful expansion of what Marquez is doing. Uh, I'm very excited. I mean, they uh, see championship wrestling in general, Marquez and uh, Mick, all the people running like the Arizona part of it. They have been so good to me. 2019, like my championship wrestling from Arizona 2019 was probably like my favorite and best year in wrestling. Just the story and having like the television aspect to like tell it and having those episodes and having a year long, you know, feud with Peter Avalon, like all these things in between, like they just, it made for, for like such a fantastic year. And they had the faith in me to do that. Once, you know, Evan uh, took his break and I went solo again, they put faith in me to, to carry the ball that way. And, you know, I went and I took it and did the best I could. And I feel I did a damn good job. Uh, I did try to get into the backstage aspect, production meetings and all that. So I tried to like get involved in as much as I was allowed to yeah. and uh, doing the Hollywood stuff. So now all this stuff expanding, it, it'd be fantastic to go out to like Atlanta and all these other territories and, and represent them. And now that in like the last couple of years, working harder on like myself and taking this even more serious, because uh, in all honesty, the first couple of years, you know, you I made the being a big guy. Sometimes you make like the excuses of I don't have to work out as hard because I'm just <laughs> the big guy. Sure. And I know I use that excuse more than I probably should have. And for a while, it was even like a little embarrassing to admit it because nobody wants to admit that. But the last couple of years, it's been like I want to get strong. I want to get strong as fuck. And then you see guys who aren't as trained who are on that size. Like I don't want to be in the bubble of big guys, the stereotypical ones who like. You know, have to like I've seen matches where dudes have to hold the rope the entire match because they can't move. Like I don't want to be put in that bubble, so yeah. I'm like I'm gonna work my ass off to not be in that bubble, and and it's been it's been good. So like I know people are seeing the work I'm putting in, so now they're putting in more faith in me, yeah. giving me more chances. So I'm like I have to do it because anybody could sit here and be like I'm not getting the bookings or no one's looking at me or I sent my resume, but at the end of the day you gotta look at yourself and be like what are you doing like to to do it? Like are you just doing moves or whatever so i'm like i'm i need to hustle to get to get the shit so uh, and i feel better now than i do 10 years ago you know uh, i started training late i started training when i was 28 so i'm like a, a late bloomer but um but even now like i said now at 36 i feel way better than i did in my 20s like 100 percent. yeah it's it's really kind of an amazing thing because i think that well first of all what's interesting is when you start training later, you haven't taken as many bumps earlier on. So you, you're a little bit more fresh in terms of your body being like eight years more wear and tear it could right. take down the line. Um, but also what I think is very interesting is that psychologically, especially you know nowadays – it's hard to convey to young students what psychology really means because everyone's trying to, you know, get their stuff in and everyone wants to have that five second clip they can put on, you know, Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and all that shit. They want, they want that gift for Twitter. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And, and it's, I think that when you hit a point, where you're already in your late twenties and you're starting to learn, you quickly get through that phase of, you know, well, right. I don't really have to do much because you're able to see it a little more clearer. And then 
you're a little more responsible for yourself too. You know, it's like yep. at, at 22, you could be just like, Oh, you know, I'm fucking invincible. You know, right. <laughs> at 32, you're like, okay, now it makes sense. Like, okay, this yeah. is what I need to do. Um, with the, the opportunities that you had with working guys like Peter Avalon or working with Evan Daniels, um, do you think that that has also been kind of, a key to your growth is to have guys who, you know, you look at the psychology and the matches with a guy like Peter Avalon, shit, you know, Peter might not be the most intimidating looking guy in the world, but boy, could he put on a wrestling match? Oh yeah. That guy is, is so, was so great to work. Just putting a story together to me. Like I love like the, the buildups and the stories and just, having and then because it was championship wrestling we have all these you know i can go back on the fight app and look at all this stuff and just seeing uh, i know they put together an episode pretty much of like the journey between him and i and just watching that like in a timeline it's just it's really cool to see because you can see the story and it wasn't just like here's this one match and they were gonna have another one and that's the that's your story like this was literally attacks from behind and off quote unquote off off air attacks and his facial expressions, the way he like conveyed his pain and his promos, like it just fit because yeah. he made me look good. I did my best to make him look good. So it was a collaborative effort. It wasn't one of those, like I'm doing this for myself. Like we did, we helped each other out in this process and, and it was a great stage to do it on. Um, but yeah, like working him and like many people that are better than me, I always say, I, I love working people that are better than me because I'm not one, I'm not, ashamed or anything to admit oh this person is more experienced and better because that's what right. i want to learn from so i can get better right and uh i've always uh like the thing i tell like the new guys i'm like you you'll have your trainer when you start off and you have these people and a lot of people want to stick to that person or feel like they just have to do everything this person says and become like a mimicked robot essentially <laughs> but what got me and like the rest of the boys out of our shells is when we did shows with more experienced people we took it and i listened to everybody if I have respect for you and I know you like, you know, your shit, I will listen to you whether I agree or not. And I will take something. I'm like, Hey, okay. Uh, you know, Nav will put me aside. I'm like, he'll give me like the list. This is what you got to work on. Like, this works for me. I'll try this out. See how this works. And then like a gal will come and say something or Lawrence, you know, uh, Symbodius pulled us aside when he's worked matches with us and be like, he'll give us advice and he doesn't have to, but he does. Right. So I'm like, Oh, this works. And it, you just get different perspectives because especially now with wrestling, there is whether we like it or not or we agree with the styles there is no one right way of wrestling just right. because there's so much to it i i feel it's all about finding a good balance of it you know if you go to a show and you see eight matches that are all traditional wrestling you might enjoy one or two but like eight in a row it's uh hey uh you know <laughs> and we have the other side that if you go to a complete comedy wrestling show people are gonna be like no we want actual wrestling so right. you gotta find like those balance points to kind of hit the fan base and not necessarily have to be every type of wrestling uh, or wrestler, but just taking bits and pieces from people that you respect, that you trust, and that you've seen to work. You know, I know right. somebody can work. I know Gallo can work. I know Nav can work. I know Lawrence can work. So taking bits and pieces and making a me out of all these people is is uh, like what I strive to be because I don't want to be just one person. I want to be me. But me being built is being built by bricks from all these people that have taken the time to give me knowledge. Right. Um, at what point uh, did it come to you 
and I'm assuming it did at some point. Did it come to you, the thought of just slow it all down? Because I think that's something that, you know, when that starts happening and you realize it, then you're like, okay, now you're a pro wrestler, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Is, is That's always the one. It's like, yeah. you go fast, you go fast. <laughs> and then they tell you, it's like, when you think you're going slow, go slower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, uh, and work smarter, not harder. You know, it's... Exactly, yeah. So do you find that, you know, when you got to that point where that stuff was clicking in your head, is that when you were able to start then really developing the three R's in terms of bringing it into your character. Uh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Because at that point it's like, you know, you have, it's like, you can't have this match and just beat the crap out of each other, do move after moves. Like you have to like, where, where are you? Where's your character? Where's your gimmick? And at right. that point you have to do something about it. Like you have to portray yourself because if there's some, like some, some like dead time in between or someone selling for you, like, what are you going to do? Just stand there and do the stereotypical shut up or whatever. Or you come on guys. If you're a face, like that only gets you so far. Right. And I've never been one to like, I don't like quote begging for applauses. So if I go out and I'm a good guy, I'm not putting my, my hand out for a high five. If you do it, I'll high five you, but I'm not doing it. Right. Um, and, and I like to stay away from the cliche bad guy stuff, you know? So, so yeah, when that started clicking, it's like, okay, you have to work this character. What are you going to do in between here? And my trainer told me, he's like, you didn't give yourself one nickname. You gave yourself three damn words for with your R3. So you got to be all three of them. So figure that shit out. Um, so I had to, you know what I mean? I had to like be the resilient one. I had to be ruthless. And then I had to, like, you know, I had to be relentless. So I'm like, I had to like work on that to portray it and not say the same cliche things. And it was a process because uh, I think in the moment when you get lost, you kind of just go to it. Hey, shut yeah. up, idiot. And it's like, okay, we've heard that before. And as time goes on, especially with championship wrestling, because when we do that, we did our interviews, our promos, it was like one minute, get your shit in. This is all your checkpoints, get it done. No five minute promos. And it just yeah. trains you to do it. So now even when I do promos on my own, they're like no longer than two minutes because I think my mind's just trained to, oh, yeah. to hey, one minute tops kind of thing. Yeah. And, and all that stuff, and even working on the fly, makes you have to naturally work, listen to the crowd and react on the spot to them as opposed to, having the script that you feel you need to follow. Right. So all that stuff, yeah, has definitely improved like the character, the evolution of uh, teaming up with Evan brought out like yeah. the, the more like down to earth side of me, you know, and the inspiration I drew from that was like Kane because seeing Kane with like Daniel Bryan and being able to get out of his shell. I'm like, well, this big ass, badass motherfucker can do it. I can do it. So it's just all these little aspects of, of the wrestling journey has, uh, like molded me and helped me pretty much be uh, like resemble the three R's that I, that I, that I have in the ring now. I think that's remarkable that, you know, it, it is, Hey, you're dumbass. Just actually gave yourself three times the work now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like to hear that from your trainer, you know, it's like, Oh shit. Yeah. I guess you're right. Damn it. Yeah, but uh, but you know the what's interesting about that too though is I think that there are a lot of guys who have problems finding one thing to even attach themselves right. to. So to be at a position where you can take you know seemingly something that was passionately done 
and then get a moment to breathe and go, oh, okay, now this is my situation. Now you've given yourself layers to work on. And that's why it works with Evan is because of that fact, you got a chance to kind of explore the other realms of what those three words actually mean. I mean, whether right. or not you know, you know you're actually doing it, that's essentially what you're actually doing is you're discovering the other sides of, you know, what you've given yourself. Do you find that because you had a, um, a relationship going, you know, well back with, with Evan, that it was easier to expose that part of yourself because of the fact that you have trust in him, you know him, he's a friend. Whereas if it was another guy, it might have been a little more difficult to, you know, allow that vulnerable side to open up a little bit because, of course, you know, you're you're focused on intensity and you're focused on, you know, this monster aspect. And now you got to be a human. Is that, right. <laughs> did it, I mean, did that help having that relationship with him? Oh, 100%. Just, just for the simple fact that it was, uh, I was with someone that I was comfortable with. So that just like made me feel safe to, to be who I am in a sense. And, uh, I remember when we first started, um, we were, we were starting to team up, like they were teaming up, teaming us up at some, like some local shows. And we thought about like the idea of just making it a thing. But at that point, I think we were both new and kind of wanted to explore like our, our singles, singles routes. Yeah. So we went that route, which was, I think, the best idea. And then we ended up uh, having a feud with each other. So it was just building a bond through like all aspects, whether it's beating the crap out of each other or teaming up. And then circled back around to when Championship Wrestling from Arizona came back and it was in Tucson. And they're like, hey, we want to try and team you guys up. Uh, we need like a tag team to go up against Big Duke and Hammerstone. So we're going to put you guys together and do something. And through chance, like if we were the guys that they gave us just this thing and they're like, can you guys try to make something out of it? And we're like, well, you know, we'll, we'll do what we can with it. And yeah. we did what we could with it. And it ended up being like a thing for up, up until now, you yeah. know what I mean? Like we made it work. Uh, they gave us a name and we added our own creativity to it, but while still keeping what they wanted. And uh, yeah, from then on, it was like, this the time we weren't thinking about teaming up is when they asked us to and we were like this is the time yeah. and we took it we did it uh we started off with a pretty bad name which is the brother club and i was like i regret <laughs> using the brother club just because everybody had the club at that point um so luckily we changed it to brothers of wrestling like maybe a couple months after after uh i think it was Gal- I mean, it was a lot of people but i'm pretty sure gala was one of those like what are you guys doing so uh <laughs> And that was like one of those reality with those real talks that they were like, if you want to be looked at as more serious, try to have like a different name other than the like parody name in a sense. And I was like, all right. So we changed it and we made it work. And he, and I mean, like we grew together in wrestling and then as people, because we're like, he's practically my brother. Like when I say he's my brother, that's pretty much what it is. So having all that relationship in and out of the ring just made it super easy for, for us to, uh, to, to pretty much bust out of our shells like that. And, uh, having different slightly different mindsets like as far as in ring goes i think helped us as a team because i was more you know big guy less is more and he's like well i'm gonna do this high flying shit so if we mix that together i think that made for like some really good tag matches and just learning from each other as far as like what our what our minds where they went like psychology wise right um 
So I think just meshing together and having that respect for each other to listen to each other and make it work. I think all those aspects just made for like a really fun time. I feel some really good matches and uh, just good experience for like both of us. And in the end too, it's always nice when you have someone who does the high flying stuff because that saves your body <laughs> some more. Again, you you read dude. This... I'm, I'm scared of heights. I'm scared of heights. So a few ladder matches we've had. Luckily, they've been tag team matches, and I'm like, yo, you're climbing up to get those belts because I'm not. I'll hold the ladder. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I know, I know that feeling, man. I know that feeling. Climbing the ladder. If your legs are the shaky part, it's not the ladder, and your legs are the shaky part, you know that it's like, oh, God, I guess I hate heights, don't I? Shit. Yeah. I mean, even even yeah. the first time you get, um, you know, to the second turnbuckle, let alone the top ropes, it's yeah. like, if you're not one who likes heights, and I hate it, you know, I hate heights, so I hate it, that feeling of... That just that shakiness, you know, that comfortability. You get so into your head with that kind of stuff, and I think that's one of the things that, when you mature into you know situations where it's like, okay, now I know I have to do this, but right. you just psych yourself up in such a different way that you know, okay, like you know that okay, twelve minutes from now. I'm good. It's over. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but that's a that's a very interesting thing. Is there anything else in terms of, you know, your own um, psychology ever interfering with your character psychology? Uh, I mean, just the. I, I think one of the biggest struggles is. Um, just when you like at a certain point you feel like you're becoming like a little like stale so you want to switch it up like i like to switch it up here and there not completely like overhaul the character but just give it some tweaks and uh like i always tell like i tell new guys with like the character stuff because i feel a lot of people want to have like this this gimmick set ready and go from the first day and i'm like it doesn't work like that right like, you got to have like your foundation sure but you don't know what's going to happen a year from now two years from now I was like, like some of the biggest and famous, famous wrestlers have gotten nicknames because of something that they had no control over, whether it was commentary or just someone saying something or a fan bringing in a sign or a situation that happened that wasn't supposed to happen necessarily. So I'm like, have your foundation and you're pretty much a baby when you start wrestling. You're a baby of wrestling. And then through your experiences that you don't know, you know, what they're going to be or what's going to happen, you kind of grow as a person. And even in your personal life, like I've, I've changed and and grown a lot as a human being in general. Yeah. So through wrestling, I try to apply that to my character and I think it all just kind of like evolves. And now I'm, I feel I'm more kind of combining both uh, to where I'm being more and more me and my, the visual of me is just like a patch of life experiences. And that's sure. why it's grungy. And that's why there's one completely white eye and one normal eye. I just, it's like this, this patch of life is uh is there and when i first started when i because i started off as a heel um i thought to myself i'm like how do i want to be as a heel and i looked hard in the mirror and i always tell people i'm like r3 is essentially everything that i hate like that's why this guy's a scumbag and he's grungy these all the traits that i, I know are bad traits as a human being that i possess that's what he is he's greedy he's selfish he's narcissistic he's an asshole he's bitter like let's give him that and that'll make for as good of a bad guy as we can probably put out there 
Well, yeah, and that's interesting too because I think that you know, in touching on the fact that as a kid you were bullied, it's yeah. like you just you can draw from. It's like well. If I felt this way in real life, in real situations, boy, if I'm that asshole in the ring, then it's going to make all those people who've ever felt that way. They're going to understand that. Oh, my God. that Oh, I hate this dude, man. And it's like subconsciously, you might not know, you know, at the face why you hate it. But subconsciously, it's because we all have been in just a little aspect of that situation at some point in our life and it makes it easier for that character then to even though um you know it's like with baby faces it's oh you're so relatable you know it's like (laughs) you like because you're relatable man but with heels it's funny because it's relatable but it's relatable in that sense that you find something that you just dislike that you hate it from you know something in your life that you see in that person and you know that's I, I think that's one of the fascinating things too about now with heels in the last 25 years getting over so big oh yeah it's I think now because they're more relatable right it's now that like you can see your own frustration in guys who were supposed yeah. to be bad guys but they turn out to be good guys you know, and and who knew that that would be the way things go in the wrestling business, where it was always based on, um, you know, WWF forever was a face company, and the faces drew the houses, and now it's like the heels draw the houses, which is just oh, yeah. remarkable. Um, yeah, H- Hogan was my guy growing up, and then like through my life experiences, because Hogan was like, man, this guy's a hero, he's awesome. And I think through even my environment of like not so good when the Undertaker debuted, I was like, this is how I really feel. I feel like just this yeah. dead, miserable corpse walking out. And it was just like, man, this guy is scary. And I, I think in a sense felt more more protective than like a Hulk Hogan would just because it has that relatability. Right. And as sad as it is, just with all the negativity like around the world and how there's more focus on that through our media than anything else, I think people find that. Or you have people that are so entitled so when they see the whiny heel come out and complain about life they're like yeah you know what he's right i'm gonna complain too yeah. so i think that's why they make them so relatable and it's just everybody's put in this spotlight i mean magneto is a super heel of heels and you put him in a movie seeing how he lost his daughter and that's why he's so pissed i'm like i'd be pissed off too go yeah. magneto yeah no that's that's interesting well l- let's face it the reason that the reveal of Darth Vader being Luke's father was so big is because that was something that was that type of like thing that you now are connected to. You relate to. You're like, oh shit. Like he never knew his father. And now this is his father. And this guy's a bad dude. But, you know, what makes it redeemable is in the third movie you see that he really had something in him that was a love and when you make those characters and those journeys relatable you can have any fan eating out of you know your your palm basically because it's right. so oh, yeah. it's so relatable uh, when you've uh, when you've looked at things that you've done in the ring 
and the character and what you've drawn on. Is there anything outside of wrestling that you've looked at that you've brought into your character? Uh, I mean, one of the the big things is just, I think my, just like my personal experience, my growth. Uh, like I started this, uh, I guess this brand or this page called Mental Thickness because uh, it got to a point where I took like the proper steps to like help myself like physically and mentally. Yeah. And I think through that process, it opened my eyes and my mind to a lot of things. And I wanted to like reach out and help people in the same situation. But I didn't want to wait for me to get to a point of like, I've made it, I'm a success story now. And then now let me tell you how to do it. Right. I'm going to be like, look, I'm a big dude. I'm still in the middle of this fucking journey. I'm still struggling, but I'm doing it. So take these steps. And I feel sometimes when people see someone like in that light, it seems more relatable as opposed to, I love this guy, but as opposed to like, like if you see someone who's bigger and then you look at a hammerstone, yeah. you know, like I want to be like that, but you're not really going to send a hammerstone because in visually you're like, that's unattainable because that is way far from where I'm at. But then you look at someone else who doesn't look like that and is in that middle process. Right. You're like, hey, because a lot of people don't know Hammerstone busted his ass from he's posted pictures before how like how he used to look. And like that is amazing. But a lot of people who see Hammerstone now and don't know that just see that. They don't recognize how much work he puts in, which is bullshit. And you know what I mean? But like that's just the way people look at it. Like I know how hard he's worked and how hard he works. But some people just might see Hammerstone today or doing bodybuilding competitions and they're like man how the hell am i gonna get to that not realizing like he fucking did it hey listen you know so I, that's why i made this page more for different perspectives from different people because just like with wrestling i don't think like fitness essentially has the one right way to do things right uh i could look at five jack dudes at the gym and they're all going to tell me five different things to get jack so yeah. i want the perspective of how different th- whatever works for you i've always been a guy especially now if you're happy with whatever you're happy with, whether people agree with it or not, I'm happy you're happy. I'm not going to tell you, you change this or do this if you're cool. Yeah. But if you're not happy and you're not doing anything about it, like do something about it because that's your fault. And that was one of my things. I'm like, oh, man, I'm miserable or I need to get stronger. Or, man, I want to lose weight. But I never did anything. I just complained about it. And it wasn't until I'm like, I'm obviously not happy with this. So I need to make a change. And once I made those changes, I felt way better. And, um, and that's what I want to tell people. I'm like, Hey, if you're cool watching Netflix all day and that's your happiness, who am I to tell you to not right. to get off your ass? But if you're watching Netflix all day and you're complaining on Facebook that you're so miserable and lonely and you know what I mean? You can't get up from the couch. I'm like, Hey, get up from the couch or don't complain. Yeah. So it's like one of those like harsh truths, but it's like people need to hear that, you know? And also with like positivity and stuff like shit takes time. I always tell people not to judge their journeys to compare or compare them to anybody else. Right. Uh, because it's not, you know, everybody, everybody shit's different and everybody feels things different. Something could happen to me that could like destroy my world. Right. And the exact same thing could happen to you. And you're just like, nothing. It's right. nothing. And I don't think people get that because they're not experiencing it. Like we're not supposed, we don't experience it. So hard. we're not supposed to understand or we don't. Um, like, dude, being a human is fucking like weird and it's complicated yeah. and it's always about finding a balance. So I figured, so I try to take that stuff and implement it with like within myself and bring it in wrestling and just have like my mindset, you know, and align it with the people that I respect and try to give respect to the business itself. Like, like even as the heel, you know, I know traditionally it's like heels are bad guys and they hate everybody. And I was like, but why? 
You know, I mean, Kingpin and Daredevil dated this girl and had a respect for this lady, but then smashed some dude's head in with a car door because he pissed him off. I'm like, me being a heel or a bad guy doesn't mean I have to hate the entire world. It's just the way I perceive through my actions. And if you feel those are bad things to do, like, I don't care. That's fine. But, you know, if I but I love my nephew, I love my little taller nephew. I'm not going to make a video and smack this two year old because I'm a, I'm a heel, you know, <laughs> Um, so I always find found that part fascinating and I always talk about that, how like, um, like all faces get along with faces, all heels get along with heels. So I'm like, do they really have to? Like if right. you have five bad guys and they hate everybody, why wouldn't they hate each other as well? So it's just that right. type of stuff that I try to like separate myself from a little bit to where, and I think that's why I'm, I don't want to say polarizing, but I think that's why there's like a mixed reaction. When I was a CWFA, they brought me in as a heel and the fans liked that I was beating people up like hey we're changing your your thing because they're liking you too much so it's one of those things where i'm not trying to get them to cheer for me it's just through my actions that's what they do and you know you just change the game play game plan and that's goes with the whole like i'm just as i grow as a person i'm just applying it to wrestling and i'm just pretty much me (laughs) i'm just me well i think you know you you bring up a a very good point that is why the why is is huge um I think I look at it like this. Um, years ago, when when I was in, I guess my late teens, early twenties, I started realizing that if I, as an actor, you can't block yourself off, right? So if I'm watching a news and the news has a story about a guy who, you know, killed three people. All of a sudden, I found myself not going, oh, God, that's horrible. I started going, well, why would why would he do that? What is the motivation? What is the drive, right? And I think that's one of the reasons that murder documentaries now are so popular. It's because Dude, yes. subconsciously we want to know why. Because there is that human aspect to understanding trying to understand why people do things in a, a certain way and and it, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing every person's different so that journey to getting to that choice is very complex and i think that oh, as, yeah. as a performer you're nailing it on the head with the why because if you don't have a why if you if you walk through that curtain and you don't have a reason for you walking through that curtain, then why are you doing it? Right. Simple. Exactly. Um, you know, we, we talked a lot about, you know, wrestling in, in all aspects here, but when it comes to being away from the ring, what is one of the most, you know, happy things that you, you have to go to in your free time to kind of clear your mind and just relax and have a good time? Uh, if you would ask me four years, if you would ask me this question four years ago, I would not believe I would say this is Andrew, uh, but the gym. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. It's uh, it's become like a big staple of mine. Like I know when I first started going, it was more like a chore. It was like I have to make time to go because I need to do this for wrestling. And now it's become a thing to where I'm kind of annoyed if I can't. Like right now, I hyperextended my elbow. So mm. yesterday I went to the gym and I was so pissed that I went from like pressing 100 pound dumbbells to having to do 20 just to try and get my my form good and watch it and it was very disappointing but um 
Yeah, because it it's now a thing. Like, when people ask me, when are you free or this? I'm like, the gym is included with my day. Like, that's a part of my day, no matter what. I feel, like, great when I'm there. Like, I'm just sure. jamming out to my music. And now with the comfortability and, like, progress, like, you have, like, random people at the gym that, like, they're, like, gym acquaintances, I guess, where you just talk sure. to them. So you, be, you feel like I'm, feel like I'm a part of there. Um, so, yeah, I, like, I go there five, six days a week. And that's pretty much like my thing now. Um, I used to be big into YouTube. Like I used to make videos. I don't know if you've seen them, but like I'm a big vlog guy and I used to do skits and stuff like that. Like that was always like my thing. So I think sometimes I try to incorporate it with wrestling as much as I can. Um, so I do like the editing stuff. I do like making posters and messing around with, with, with stuff like that. But I would say the biggest like thing that I need outside of wrestling, which kind of goes with wrestling anyway, is, uh, is would have to be the gym. Well, you know, gym with music. I fucking love music, so I I lose it. Like I'll tell people, send me new music so I can listen to it, or a new album is out. I have to listen to it at the gym. I have I have something to do there. I, you know, it's funny you said that because I was going to ask you about music because I find I have kind of the same mentality too. When I when I get into working out, it's it, you know, it's something that just takes you to a different place. Right. But one of the things, like you said, you like finding new music, new albums, and stuff like that. One of the things that I've found that I would have never have thought this is that throughout my life, anytime that I've worked out and been constant at working out, I didn't realize that there were certain songs that I would, you know, work out to when I was 20 years old that when I hear them at 45 years old, it brings back that 20 year old. Yeah. So when I'm working out and you know, it, it might have a random playlist going on. And then all of a sudden that, that one song clicks, you're like, it just makes you get into this different zone and you see things different. Now you feel invincible again. <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh yeah. Now it I brings can, a flashback. Yeah, man. It's like, yeah, now I can, you know, I can lift and, and psyching yourself. Out. And I think that also that, that grows to where, you know, you could hear just even a certain beat to a song or certain lyrics or a certain aggression to a song that it makes it like, you know, okay, man, I am in this totally different place for 50 minutes of your life or, you know, an hour and a half to where you're just like, okay, now what do I do? You know, after you finish, it's like, well, shit, now what do I do? Um, That's, that's a great point. I think, that the coolest thing about that is for the rest of your life, you can go into a gym and that can be your salvation from, you know, this point on, because even if you stop wrestling, um, and like you said, like even with nagging injuries and stuff, you still feel that need to get in. And there are ways to work around, you know, uh, hyperextension, or soreness or you know it's it's something that you'll always have to be able to counterproduce that part of you that goes i don't know if i want to do this today (laughs) you know right yeah (laughs) because it's very easy you know you get you get hurt you get you like just don't feel good and and i've done you made the excuse before it's like i just want all day tomorrow or i don't want to get extra hurt so i just won't instead of just working around like you said working around it so now like and i'll catch i'll catch myself with that because i'll kind of just do it just to do it and 
you know, whether someone brings it up or just me thinking later on, I was like, well, I actually fucking did this. Or like a year from now, a year ago, and I was just like, I'm staying home. That's, yeah. that's the end of it. Yeah, no, it's, it's... I mean, as a matter of fact, after this, I'm going to the gym, so... <laughs> no, that's... I mean, that is, that is... I I can't stress how... Like, you just found something in your life that will... And, and I, I know it's not for everyone, but... You found something that will benefit you for the rest of your life, and it's it's phenomenal. And like you said, like looking at Hammerstone, you don't want to set unrealistic goals because those of us who have certain genes are not necessarily going to be that person, you know? Right. And I love I love the motivation. Um, I texted Nav a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, I've been I've been going through physical therapy and rehabbing myself from a major injury, and I was restricted for about a year or so to only allowing ten pounds of of lifting. Period in anything you do. Oh wow! And it really it really sucked. Um, it just caused yeah. atrophy in the muscles and stuff. And so I, you know, I've been getting back to the the point where I can, you know, deadlift three hundred pounds, or you know, use a sled and, oh, yeah. and push and pull and and do a lot of stuff that I wasn't able to do physically for a few years. But one of the things that really inspired me was um, I, I I messaged Nav and I said, "Hey man, watching you train for the the strongman competitions." It, it put a new like focus in my determination because he's only about four years older than I am. And right. I realized, you know what? If he can do that at almost 50, then there's no reason that I, at 45, can't do, you know, there's no excuses. I can do this. Right. <laughs> And it, it's very inspiring. Even looking at Hammerstone, like you said, I, I know that can't be that guy, but boy, I right. have that same determination. Um, oh yeah. And you know, just the other day, I think it was yesterday, he posted the post uh, uh, fitness competition picture where he had the like the pizza and the ice cream, the and, four rounds. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah, man. Okay. Like it's like there are certain things that you have goals and objectives that when you accomplish, now you can give yourself a little treat and just be like, okay, this yeah. is, this is good. You know? And in his case, do it with a medal around your neck. How cool is that? Right. Right. <laughs> so yeah, it's That's the best. It's so interesting that you've, you found that path now um, that it's, it's really inspiring. And I hope anyone out there listening who, you know, has ever been in the position of, you know, being heavy set, or as I like to say, like I just say, hey man, I got fat. I got really fat. I have no, <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not gonna say I'm fluffy or you know, fuck that. I'm, <laughs> I'm fat, and I have shit right. that I need to work on. And I, I will never be the skinny guy because that's right. not my makeup. But I can be a fit guy, and that's yeah, you know, and that's something that keeps you determined. So I, I hope that you know people. Who are watching your journey um 
you know, take that same inspiration and also don't feel afraid to, you know, reach out to you. If they see, you know, they need a little help or, or motivation, um, please, you know, contact Charles and, and go, Hey, yep. I want to, I want to, you know, what can I do? How can you give me some motivation so I can, I can do that? Um, what is uh, your social media handles so that if people are looking to, uh, you know, look at, you know, your development or your career, um, they could follow you and, uh, get to know you a little bit better. So, uh, Instagram and Twitter, it's R the number three Cassis. And I also have a, an Instagram for the mental thickness page. So if you just look up mental thickness, with two C's, uh, you'll find that. And I'm actually starting to vlogs there. So I've been vlogging part of the journey there. Evan's on there. So I'm trying to get perspectives, like I said, from different people, different like backgrounds in a sense. Yeah. So doing some stuff there. And uh, yeah, Facebook, Charles R3 Casts. But Instagram is like, Instagram's my jam. That's usually where, where you'll find me. <laughs> I was so hoping that you were like, but but the real truth is I'm a TikTok fanatic and uh, you can catch me <laughs> you can catch me doing my uh, my twerking. I have my faces. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, before we wrap up here, um, a are there? Do you have anything coming up that you can you know uh, you know tell people to kind of look out for you? And B, um, is there any final thoughts that you want to share with? Um, you know, anyone out there who's either maybe getting the thoughts of maybe getting into wrestling or um, someone who's, you know, looking to change their life by getting into the gym. Is there any uh, final advice you have for people? Uh, well, one for uh, the next event that hopefully I'll be there, depending on how my elbow is. Uh, we're actually uh, going to be going. Me and Evan are going to be going up against the uh, RMB. <laughs> at AWF, Arizona Wrestling Federation, for their tag titles. So hopefully uh, we'll take those from them, make their bags a little lighter. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, as far as for the journey in general and wrestling, like, wrestling is so polarizing, right, with opinions and all that. I just, I want to stress, like, I'm a big, like, safety guy. Like, take care of, of each other in wrestling. Yeah. Like, I'm proud of our class because we – we're so competitive against each other, but we had each other's backs. Like we had a, an unbreakable bond, but everybody there wanted it. So it was always like a competition. And from what I've seen, I don't want to be like the back in my day guy, but like it, that seems to have died down a little bit just from what I've seen. So it's yeah. like, just know what you're getting into, you know, and, and know that, that the training is important because you're, you're training yourself to keep yourself safe, other people safe. And with that also comes like taking care of your body, you know, being strong. Like, like we just talked about, we don't, I, I know I'm never going to look like a camera stone. I don't necessarily want to be a skinny boy in a sense. I just want to be strong and yeah. be able to stay healthy and live a lot longer than I thought I was going to anyway. So it was like, just do it for yourself, do it for that. And if you're wanting to be in the wrestling journey, like part of the wrestling business, you need to keep your body at a certain shape to be able to do stuff like this. Cause Especially for like the big dudes out there, like you, you're expected to lift bodies up, and if you can't, you know that's that's not going to end well for the person that you're lifting up, or yourself for that matter. So I always preach that whenever I see like big dudes around now, I'm like, take it from a guy who made the excuses. Like, don't don't make the excuses. Like, do it for yourself. Do it for the people around you. And yeah, man. I mean, uh, obviously, get trained. Get proper training. Don't don't rush things. And um, I know everybody has a different idea of their stuff. And to me, I'm like, as long as you're you're good, you're safe, and um, 
you're and you have to have fun i know like the, <laughs> the fun word is a big one but like this business can can is killer man and it can be miserable at times like, let's be honest so if you're not having any fun and it's all business and it's all misery then like yo like i, I feel sorry for you yeah. like you gotta have some fun and i don't mean like fun like hey let's expose the the business and and do ha-has for 20 minutes in a match but like enjoy yourself enjoy the people around you make your memories don't have to really post them all the time or think your opponents keep them to yourself but you know pick and choose the time like there's a yeah. time and a place for all this stuff it's all about balance i'm a big balance guy so find a good balance uh get your get yourself trained and uh and yeah, make make the best out of it because wrestling is the greatest fucking thing ever. Uh, it can kick you in the ass big time. So just do your best to like keep your, keep yourself afloat and just hustle, man. It's all about the hustle. Awesome. Well, I appreciate uh, you joining us, R three. Um, everyone, please follow him on social media um, and uh, you know look up uh, the championship wrestling from Arizona stuff. It's great. Um, you know, keep your eyes peeled for more championship wrestling from around the country that we'll hopefully see you showing up on uh and uh boy uh rmb man good luck <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you thank you for having me it was uh, a blast appreciate it brother and everyone thank you for tuning in and we'll talk to you guys next time Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. 